Hey, you're listening to the Prime Culture Podcast. This Prime Culture is for the dreamers, the schemers, and the believers. We're here to introduce a whole new generation to the abundant life. We're here for the prime of our lives. Everybody. Welcome back to the Prime Culture Podcast. Hey, this is end of season, end of season podcast right here. Um, so this would make it episode number six, Andrew Funk, which by the way, I just want to shout out Dr. Funk. Man, brother That's Andrew, right you have been A just the main stay in our been. content, being excellent, our content being just incredible. Hey, we're creeping on a thousand subscribers. As of this morning, we're at 987, I believe. 987. Shout out everyone. So thank you for thank subscribing. You. Thank you to everybody who like, you love the content, you love the culture, um, and you're rocking with it. I, I think there's been something really cool that has happened in this season specifically, where um, I think we finally invited the crew into like conversations that we have for real instead of like these scripted things yeah, we do. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. oh, I just did that. Hello. It took us crew, a little come while. Come on, Cruz, act like you've been here before. <laughs> it took us a little I love while. How you, I love how you didn't even, it didn't even phase you. You're such no. a pro. Like, I didn't hear anything. Cruz, act like nothing happened. But by the way, those of you that are listening, like just audio, that was Cruz's chair moving. My chair moving and squeaking heck aloud. <laughs> <And> squeaking. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it took us a while to just get to the place where we're comfortable and we talk about Yeah. We talk the way we talk to each other. So I think it's been really cool this season. Yeah, I, I think- like um, I like it. I think authenticity has been something that we've wanted to build towards. I think we've always had a degree of authenticity. Yeah. Um, but if I'm, if I'm talking from my own personal um, experience, my own personal, um, how I lean into th this content specifically, um, it's almost like, it's almost like there's this like persona or this preconceived notion of mm -hmm. what like a podcast should be and what it should sound like, right, look like yeah. right. And you're thinking about all the ones that you consume or the ones that I watch yeah. and listen to. And I'm trying to figure out how to like how to be create this thing that I think it should be instead of just being who we are. Right. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Instead of just saying, no, man, we're just going to be who we are, which is crazy, man, because one of our main culture codes is that we believe in authentic community. Like we're going right. to, we're going to build our relationships around who we authentically are. Right. I don't know if you've ever been friends with someone who like they, pre they presented a specific version of themselves and then you got like close and you're like, huh? I got catfished. You like, talk weird. You talk weird. <laughs> you talk weird. Like, for you real. You talk weird when it's just you and me. For real. You put the milk first and then the cereal. That's weird. <laughs> Which, by the way, that's just incorrect. What's wrong with you? Are you a, sa like, a savage? For real. Like, yeah. like you're a wildling. You're yeah. a feral human yeah. being. Like, who taught you life? <laughs> you probably... No, this is going to be dark. It's going to get dark real quick. I was going to say, you probably didn't have anyone to pour cereal oh, for you. Oh, that's too and dark. Then you that's started. too dark. That's too dark. I'm sorry. Just, <laughs> oh hey, we God. love you. <laughs> Authentic community, everybody. Authentic community. <laughs> but really, like, I remember just doing things the opposite way when I was trying to do it as a kid, you know? So anyway. No, I think, um, <clears throat> I think that's such a big deal, though, right? When you're able to say, man, this is truly who I am. This is truly who I'm becoming. Right. This is truly what I value. This is truly what I bring to the table. You know, some of the most confident people that I know are the most authentic people. 
right? They're not trying to put on to get on, yeah. right? They're not trying to present this facade or this fallacy, um, which is something that we talked about um, at Culture Night uh, a couple of weeks ago on November 17th, which by the way, if yeah, let's you not were skip in the through room, that. Let's not skip through know, that. Let's like, talk about can, what can happened. We, can we hover there? Yes. Okay, so. Um, talk about what happened. Oh my gosh, so testify, sir. Testify. Testify. No, man, it was by and large our greatest culture night. And I wasn't there. <laughs> in, in, in the history of our community. Um, yeah. Excluding conference, yeah. right? Conference, conference is kind of a different animal, mm -hmm. but it was right there with conference. Yeah. You know, we, um, it was our last culture night of 2023 and we've, we were finalizing or ending, we were ending our good season, right? What we try to do is every year we try to include one or two of our main culture points, something that is, is pillar to prime culture and the development of young adults. And so this year in season three from September, October, November, we decided to, to lean into the concept of good, which is why we've been talking yeah. about good um, so much on the podcast, in our circles, and then our culture nights. <clears throat> and so we talked about good people, right? And so anyways, so I just want to brag on the good people of Prime Culture. Come on. Um, look, I, I understand. I understand that it's going to sound like I'm putting a ton of emphasis on the crowd, but I heard someone say this, you know, we count people because people count, yeah. right? You know, the, we want to, we want to be aware of the fruit. So we had, we were, we were total attendance. We were right around 785 people, which is unreal. Yeah. Five years ago, our first meeting was like 42 people. Yeah. Um, and to see what the Lord has done in that time frame, but more than just butts and seats, um, it was hearts in the room. Amen. Right. It was, it was heart. It was man, the worship and watching our young adults say, I take my pursuit of Jesus. Seriously. I take my pursuit of the presence of the Lord. I take my belonging to my community so seriously. What I love and I'm proud of, and, I, and it's going to be something that I'm going to brag about all the time, is that before song one was over, which is the first five minutes of the service, we were already putting out chairs. Right, so so we set up six hundred and five chairs. Oh ye little, you, oh ye of little oh, faith, yeah. right? Oh ye of little faith. <laughs> so we put out six hundred and five chairs, mainly because that's kind of being our biggest, our biggest culture night, um, <clears throat> and mainly because that's fire code, <laughs> right? Um, Authentically speaking, which, um, you know, uh, I will neither confirm nor deny that we broke fire code. All I know is that somewhere around the building, there was yeah. almost eight hundred people somewhere <laughs> in the building. That's all I'm going to say. Um, and if you have questions about that, and you're like a fire marshal, I plead the fifth. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, but it was incredible, man, because what, what that tells me is, is that, you know, people are, are prioritizing their schedule on a culture night, yeah. right? They're prior prioritizing their life and they're walking in f to get this whole experience from start to finish. Yeah. You know, um, and I just want to tell you guys that rock with our community and are part of the culture, like how proud we are of you, how grateful we are to get to serve you. Um, we had 98 first time guests, bro. bro. 98 people who were at prime culture for the very first time. That means that the culture is sharing. That means you're sharing with the their good friends. News. You're sharing good news with good people. Yeah. And that means the world to me and Felipe and Diana and Andrew and Sarah and the team. The team. <clears throat> yeah. Why? Because it means you trust us. Right. And that's a big deal, man, to be trusted. What a privilege.
right? What a yeah. privilege to be trusted. What an honor to be trusted. Um, and so, yeah, we had 98 first-time guests. We had 55 decisions to follow Jesus that we know of. That we know of. Um, which that's the big deal, right? That's the big idea. And then we got people getting baptized. People got baptized. People went public with their faith. So, like, this is cool. We had, uh, I think it was 19 people who pre-registered, who knew when they, were come, when they came to service, they knew they were going to get baptized. Yeah. We ended up baptizing 39, <laughs> maybe a couple more, but for sure 39, which means there was at least 20 people in the room who said, you know what? I'm, gonna do it I'm right compelled. Mm -hmm. I'm compelled. I need to go public with my faith. I need to take the next step in my walk with Jesus, which is water baptism, right? If I've, I've already put my faith in Jesus. I've already been born again. I'm planted in this community. Yeah. And so I'm going to take the next step and I'm going to go public with my faith and commitment to Jesus. And they were water baptized. Dude, I, it was incredible because <clears throat> I got the opportunity to do the call for salvation and to, to follow Jesus. And then the call to say, look, the first thing that in, in the first century church, right? The book of Acts, the first thing new Christians did when they, get, when they made a decision to follow Christ, the very first thing was they were water baptized, right? And I said, look, you're already here and we happen to have baptisms tonight. And I know you weren't ready, but we were ready, mm -hmm. right? And we got towels for you. We got some extra clothes, some shirts for you. And um, dude, the response just around the room was yeah. insane. Just people saying, I'm, I'm ready, I'm going, I'm gonna jump in. And so yeah. people were jumping in their jeans, their culture night fits, dude. You know? It don't um, matter. It didn't matter, which yeah. what a beautiful snapshot of, of what we believe for. Right, Felipe? Like, we prayed for these days. Yeah, we prayed. We prayed for, right? we for <clears throat> these days. Where we would see a generation of young adults making radical decisions for Jesus. It almost feels like to me, like, we, we're starting a generation that is building their life around the Lord instead of fitting the Lord in their life. And you can see wow. the difference. That's it's a like, statement. I can't, I just can't ask for a better end of year kind of like recap of what the Lord's been doing in prime culture. This whole, this whole year's been just nuts. It's been unbelievable. It's been yeah. bananas, like we like to say. <laughs> so thank you to everyone. Thank you to the team. Thank you to everyone to listen to the podcast. Thank you for, shout out to <laughs> Load In, Load Out team. Shout out to everybody. For real. Shout out to the people that put the chairs. Shout out to people that set up the baptism. I mean, this has been the dream team making it happen in 2023. And um we're just grateful. So this is turning into like a Thanksgiving kind of kind of pod. <laughs> yeah, for sure, man. Um, you know, one of the things that <clears throat> that happens at a culture night is, you know, I don't run out of sermon, but I run out of time. You know, that's classic culture night, which is why I'm grateful for the pod, yeah. right? Like Andrew and I were talking and he says, bro, look, can you just make a commitment that when you write notes for a culture night, um, which you guys know my notes, right? And I write for like four services. I write four <laughs> messages for one culture night. Um, <laughs> um, and so Andrew just said, look, let's just make a commitment that you'll go as far as you can on a culture night. We'll trust that the Lord, that that's what the Lord wanted for the yeah. culture, what the Lord wanted for the community. And then we'll just extend <clears throat> it in the podcast. We'll just talk about it in the podcast, which I will also say this. When we, when we, talk to the room about the podcast the response for man i'm engaged with the podcast was a big deal so shout out to y'all no man for real whether you're watching on youtube or you're listening on spotify or apple shout out to y'all for real thank you for rocking with us um i was talking with uh, with a young adult yesterday and i said 
you know, she, we were talking a little bit about <clears throat> just taking some next steps in, in her faith with the Lord. She hit like a little bit of road, like a, like a road bump, speed bump in her life, right? Just kind of like boom and fell off a little bit. And so the whole conversation was about, man, how do I get back on, right? And so I took her to the book of Proverbs, which says the, the righteous falls seven times, but gets up. And, but the wicked falls and it, and has a collapse because of calamity and chaos, right? The difference is the, or the common denominator is falling, right? The difference is mindset. Mm -hmm. The wicked has an opinionated spirit that disagrees with God. You've heard, you guys have heard me say this over and over. A wicked spirit says, man, oh God, I don't think, I don't, I don't see anything wrong with that. I know that you command that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't see anything wrong with it. A righteous spirit, this, this definition came into my life about four weeks ago, five weeks ago, I was teaching at internship and we know righteousness. We're aligned with God. We're made right with God through, through faith in Jesus Christ. <clears throat> but to be made righteous is the work of, of faith in Christ, in Christ alone. But to live righteous is a work of man's spirit and decision, right? And so the, the, the fruit of righteousness and the walk and the life of righteousness, there's a difference between the gift of righteousness mm -hmm. and the choice of righteousness. Yeah, yeah, yeah right? There's a gift between, um, the difference between I have the gift of salvation and I make the choice for holiness and consecration, right? I consecrate my life. And so righteousness that is applied in everyday living is consecration. And it, and it looks like this, I am fully aligned and fully surrendered to God's way. Yeah. Right. <clears throat> so I was talking with her about that a little bit and I said, Hey, um, Matter of fact, we have a lot of great content for your age. She's like a 26 year old young woman. And she says, Oh no, I've started listening to the podcast. I'm, I'm barely on season three, right? Like, so this is like season eight or something like that. But like, she's like, I'm barely on season three. So anyways, I want to say yeah, all that. Shout so like, out. Wherever you're at in, in, in your journey with the podcast, I just want to say thank you so much. It's such an honor for our team, right? Our, our teaching team and our team of communicators to be able to share life with you and to be able to share our experiences with you. We really do take that as an honor. We take that as, it's, as a privilege. It's not an entitlement. Yeah. You know, I think about... I try not to think about actually how many hundreds of young adults are listening to us saying, Hey, just tell me how to live my life. Mm. Just tell me what to do. I just want to be a good person. You know what I'm saying? Like, um, so I try not to think about that. Cause that's so sobering, bro. Yeah. Right. Like that's like, Oh, like, oh snap. <laughs> Let me watch what I say every single second. <laughs> um, but at the same time, it's, um, it's such a gift. It's such an honor yeah. to be able to have that. Um, so anyway, so the response to podcasts in the room was incredible. The response to circles, dude, was nuts. Andrew, By the way, like, join a circle. What are you doing with your life? What are you the right doing circle with will change your life. Andrew, what would you say? Like when, when, I, when we asked the room, how many of y'all are in a circle? Like maybe 40, 50% of the room? No way. Yes, dude. I'm having massive FOMO all over I'm again. I'm sorry. It's okay though. We're doing it again January 12th. January 12th. Come on, baby. Shameless plug. Uh, shameless plug. No shame to our game, man. Join um, a circle, y'all. Hit him one time with the air horns, boy. Let's go. I sure wish we had headphones so I could yeah, enjoy so that. I can hear it. So I, can, I can't so I, hear that. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to level up. Join our Patreon community. <laughs> Help us get some Season cables. 10 is bringing some headphones, everybody. <laughs> it's a small beginning. Yeah, bro. Little by little. Little by little. Um, no, man, but I think, I think the... Um, the whole, the whole season has been incredible. I think our, the, the season of our content has been incredible. And so what I shared with the team and with the crew on, on, on that Friday night at Culture Night was uh, we've been talking about a good God. Mm -hmm. We've been talking about good word. We've been talking about good grace. We've been talking about good news. We talked about a good call. And so I leaned into, but at the end of the day, all of that is aimed at humanity 
so that he can make good people. Right. And so, and so my big idea was, you know, you guys listen, the the culture nights is on YouTube. We don't put it on podcast or on audio, but it is on our YouTube channel. So those of you that are listening on Apple and on Spotify, head over to the YouTube channel and check out our, our culture night messages. This specifically the last two or three have just been a blessing. Um, but, but the big idea, Felipe, that I, that I wrestled with and I, and I, I really challenged the community with was this was it's one thing to know you're called. Right, and I think this generation loves insight because insight is is tweetable, and mm. insight is shareable. I can share a good word, right? I can sh- I can share on my story someone else's good revelation, Oof. right? Um, and <laughs> you you get this little dopamine hit. Yeah, you get uh, immediate gratification, one hundred percent, instant right? gratification, right? And you feel because you shared insight, you feel like you feel like you're I don't know like you're thoughtful, you feel like you're in the right train of thought. Like, I remember doing that so many times in high school. <laughs> I still, I think sometimes there's so many good things out there that you just have to share. I think it's helpful. But I, I, I love what you just said about someone else's revelation. And I wonder what young adults, what, what it would look like to have like 700, 800 young adults who had their own personal revelation of Jesus and then share from that place. Yeah, I think um, these conversations, by the way, are founded in that. Like, I have my own personal re- oh, revelation absolutely. of Jesus, and you have your own, and we talk together. And of course, Cruz is like a pastor, and he's like a philosopher in, on his own. You're a pastor, but we, and but a philosopher. we, <laughs> but I consider you like my pastor, right? Mm. And but there's such beautiful conversations that happen when you have like your revelation of Jesus. I think, I, yeah, I, I love that you said this. <clears throat> love that you said this. Having a personal revelation of Jesus takes you from acquaintance Mm. to friend, right? We're not called to be acquaintances. We're called to be friends. John 15 says this, I no no longer call you servants. You know, and if we can talk about, let me push pause there for a second. You know, I think a lot of times this is why, this is why a lot of, a lot of us get burnt out or disgruntled at, doing the work of the ministry mm-hmm. and, and walking a life of discipline out with Jesus because we are strictly in servant mode and servant zone, right? And he's, the Lord is saying, I didn't call you into a place of just being a servant, right? I called you into a place of being my friends. And it's so, it's such a real place where you can get caught up doing the work of God without knowing the God of the work, mm-hmm. right? <clears throat> and we're not supposed to do the work of God because we think that's the transactions that'll get us favor with him. On the contrary, there is no, there's no, there's no buying this relationship. This is not a fraternity or a sorority. This is a family, Yeah. right? This is a body. And no knock on fraternities and sororities. I love if you're in the Greek system. I love that. If you're if you're doing the if you're doing Greek life at college, I love that. Good for you. I'm not knocking it. I'm just making a point mm-hmm. because we have some some great um, sorority girls that come to church. We have some great frat brothers that come to church. I'm not knocking it. I'm for it. But if we look at the construct of that. Again, subjectively, yeah. right? Or objectively, okay? Look, don't send me an email. Don't shoot me a DM. You know where my heart is, okay? But it's like one of those things where it's like, I, I pay to play. Because right? yeah, yeah, it, yeah. it costs to be a member, 
Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah, there's a membership fee. There's a membership fee, right? Country club, there's a membership fee, right? The gym, there's a membership fee and I have to pay to belong. I have to pay to belong. And um, in, in that, we think that the currency for me to belong to, to, to this, this camaraderie with Christ is I have to pay it. I have to yeah. pay it with good works. I have to pay it with good behavior. I have to pay it with my streak on you version being 14, 14 days plus, you know, like I have to pay it where at like, least 14 I, days <laughs> <plus>. <laughs> at least 14 days plus I have to pay it where my, uh, my, I have perfect attendance on Sundays yeah. and perfect attendance in my serving and all of that. And if we're not careful, we'll, we'll grind ourselves to a place where there is no, there is no salve and there's no comfort in relationship. There's just grind and doing, yeah. right? And so Jesus says, look, I no longer call you servants. I call you friends for greater love has no man for his friends than or no greater love life. has no man than he who would lay down his life for his friends. So in that thought, we have to understand, number one, Jesus always makes the first move. Always. And so he draws you close, right? Number two, he makes the first move with obviously the cross and his resurrection. But then he says, and I call you friends and I don't call you servants. Servants don't know what the master is doing, but I've revealed to you Come on. everything that my father has revealed to me. So if I'm friends with God and if I'm, if I'm friends with Christ and I'm in a sincere relationship with Jesus, there's a steady stream of revelation, mm-hmm. a steady stream of like, oh Lord, I never saw it that way. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I've always read it this way, but now it applies to my life in this specific way. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you should always have, you should always have a personal revelation. You should always have a personal perspective. You should always have a, this just this little angle, right? Because he wants to reveal himself all the time, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so anyway, we were talking about we were talking about how <clears throat> you know this isn't built on this is not built on just knowing, right? So I'm grateful that you have the revelation, and I'm grateful that you have the knowing, grateful that you have the insight, right? Um, but I've been challenging young adults a lot with this thought this year that insight and knowledge is not wisdom, right? Insight and knowledge is not wisdom. When it becomes wisdom is when I apply apply the insight when I apply the knowledge, right? So I'm like, bro, you get it all the time too, right? Where it's just like, one of, one of the most tragic responses when you're counseling somebody is, no, pastor, I know. <laughs> yes or no? Yes. <laughs> right? Yeah. No, pastor, I know. I know I'm supposed to do, yeah. Pastor, I know. Pastor, I know. Pastor, I know. I know, right? And it's like, I know, but knowing is not enough. And so I challenged the culture with that on Friday or on that culture night. I said, man, knowing is not enough. Knowing is not enough. A good revelation, a good call, knowing you're called is not enough. Yeah. But we love that though, don't we? Yeah. Oh, God called me. I know the plans I have for, the, for yeah. you, says the Lord. Plans for good, a future, a hope, a destiny, yeah. not for devastation or tragedy. And we love verse 11, but we never quote yeah. verse 12 and 13. And in that day, you will find me if you search for me with all your heart. Amen. I will be found by you. Amen. Right? So there's, there's this correlation of knowing that I'm called, knowing that there's a hope in the future, knowing that there's a destiny for my life. And what does that do? It fuels my application. Yeah. So the whole thought was this, man, you know, and I want us to talk about this. There's, there's, there's a couple perspectives that I re- I'm really curious to see what you say. Um, but the, the, whole, the, whole, the whole challenge of the night was this, that a good call 
should create a good response. Mm. And good people should be known not by what they know. The good works, baby. But by what they do. Yeah. Right? And I use this incredible, incredible line. Um, I, don't, I don't know who to give it credit to. I feel like it was Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Um, <clears throat> but, it's, it, but the statement is this. All that evil needs to triumph is for good people to do nothing. The triumph of evil is predicated on the inactivity, the inactivity of, good, of people. good people. And if we are good people, then our activity should be pushing against evil in the earth, right? So I took them to First uh, Peter 2.21, where the scripture says, and you've been called to do good. You have been called to do good. And so we love it when the Lord calls us, man, you're a royal priesthood. Oh my God. Yeah, I mean, I made stupid statements at culture now, like fix your, fix your crown queen. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> <laughs> right? And we love it. You're a chosen generation. You're yeah, a we love peculiar it. people chosen, like to show praises. You were from, went from nothing to something, you know? That we have promises. Right. And we love that. Yeah. But the calling has a responsibility. Come on. And so Peter says, you've been called to do good. Looking to Christ as your example and even suffering the way he suffered, for you were called to follow him. Come on. Right? So if you want to know the first several, the several points, you know, I made points on you have to live an elevated life. You have to live a life where you're not petty. You don't seek revenge. You don't keep the drama moving. You don't keep the drama going. Right? Like, I mean, Which we, that's a word bro, we really said like, hey, if you, want, if you really want to, want to walk this out as good people, start, stop letting people around you live low-level lives. You stop living a low-level life. How can you be a good person living in a bad way? Come on. <laughs> right? Like, so all of that. And but today, today I wanted to pick, I wanted to pick up just on, on the rest of the thought and just kind of see where we, um, where we where, end where, up. Where Let's we end do up. it. Yeah, I love it. Um, so I'm pulling, up, I'm pulling up the notes from Friday, which, listen, I don't do this all the time on the podcast, but I love it. Like every once in a while I'll say, hey, if you're listening and you want this, Shoot me a DM or shoot us a DM on at this prime culture and we'll get it to you. So if you want the notes for good people, shoot me a DM. With Pastor Cruz's own handwriting. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. Or just send you screenshots. <laughs> Limited edition, right? Like, but if you, if you, for real though, if you want these notes, I'll send you the notes so you can study it. Yeah. For yeah. sure. I'll send you the notes. Um, so here was a thought, right? So like, uh, where were we? Here we go. Okay. So like, a couple, just a couple things to recap, right? So like verse 22 says, he never sinned, which means you don't miss out the true scope of your life, right? So good people don't let you live less than kind of lives. Good people don't deceive, which means to give a false impression, to try to, to, try to falsify your appearance to be more than you really are, right? So the statement was good people don't put on to get on. Come on. Right? Like people don't put, like we're not about the clout. We're about no. the character. Yeah. Um, and this is the last point that I made that, that night where... <clears throat> The example that Jesus gave was he did not retaliate when he was insulted. He didn't threaten revenge when he suffered and he left his case in the hands of God, yeah. right? So to retaliate literally means to be belligerent. When someone, when, when someone insulted him, he didn't become belligerent like them. When, when he suffered, he didn't get revenge, which literally means keep the drama alive. And he left his case in the hands of God. So the statement was good people keep their peace and let the Lord fight their battles. Come on. Right? Good people keep their peace. You know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna keep my peace. I'm gonna keep my peace. That's a good word. I'm gonna keep my peace and let the Lord fight my battles. There's this old school song. 
I love old school songs, but you know me, bro. I grew up in... in we were listening to some old, old school songs yeah, we before were. this. Yeah, we were. 1992 in the house, right? But I was <laughs> born that day. Just kidding. <laughs> I was born that year, though. Dog. You're 92? 92. That's incredible. Shout out. I know there's Shout some out. 92s out there. Hey, let's go, bro. That's a good vintage. <laughs> but the scriptures, but the, the, song, the old school song says, victory is mine. Victory is mine. Victory today is mine. Victory is mine, victory is mine, victory today is mine. If I, oh no. if I hold my peace and let the Lord fight my battles, mm. victory shall be mine, right? Yeah. And, and so the line literally says that, if I hold my peace, if I just hold on to my peace, hold on to my character, right? Um, and one of the statements was like, and I really challenged the, the, the culture on this. I said, like, what would happen in the world around you yeah. that like, that if a relationship ended, that didn't also mean that your godly character ended. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, if we have a disruption at work, that doesn't that doesn't disrupt my my godly character. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm keeping my peace. Yeah. And the Lord is going to work this out. It's in His hands. It's in God's hands. Which, if you think about it, I think one of the reasons why we sometimes um, stop or we seize our good works is because we're concerned with fights that maybe don't belong to us come on bro like i think come on like if you think about the things that you overthink think about the things that your your mind is concerned with um i think you can miss a good call that's for a good word trying to that's a good trying word to win a fight Felipe. that's not yours you know that's a good word and i say that myself because i mean most of the time most most young adults nowadays have either anxiety in their life have overthinking in their life have a sense of urgency in their life and <laughs> like like, like, my goodness, I'm just thinking of like all the people that were in jail in the Bible, all the people like Paul and Silas were, were in jail and they they were singing to the Lord. They were good, doing a good work and the, the battles, I mean, the battle that they were in, it, it got, it got won, not by them, but by the Lord. Not by the Lord. And their good work ministered to the guards, their good work ministered to the people. It's so I, I just makes me think even just right now, reflecting on my own life is like, Man, how many fights am I concerned with where I didn't choose to keep my peace knowing that there is a man, an actual person, Jesus, who is concerned with me yes, to sir. where I can just keep doing the good thing that I'm doing while all the things are being sorted out. And I think that's easier said than done, of course, oh, right? And when you're in the moment, and yeah. when you're in the moment, you want to say that you want the instant gratification, Yeah. right? I, I want to defend myself. I want to let someone know I don't like that. And it hurts me and I want to let you know. Yeah. You know, at the end of the day, I want that instant gratification, right? Yeah. But the scripture says this, Galatians 6, 9. We always quote this, right? Don't be weary in well-doing, which is what? Doing good yeah. for in due season. Can I remind us today that everything has a due season? As long as the earth remains, Genesis chapter eight, as long as the earth remains, there is seed time, time baby. and harvest. Yeah. So everything, everything has a due season. Shall a man or don't? Is it, the scripture says, "Don't mock God. Let not let let not man mock God for for whatever a man sows, that is what he'll reap." Mm -hmm. Right. And so there are times where you you want to go be in your own do season, do season. Like I'm gonna do something about this. I'm, I'm gonna do, say something. I'm gonna do that's something. That's a word right there. Right. Like I'm How gonna do, you do something. That? I don't know, bro. I just do it. Make right? sure but, you're doing the right thing. <laughs> 
right? Like, wow. but, it, but, but it's like, man, I'm in a, I'm, I'm, I'm about to step into a do season. I'm, I'm going to go do, do something about this. I'm going to say something about that. I'm going to take matters into my own hands. And the book of James says it this way, that don't be fooled. The wrath of man does not bring about the righteousness of God, right? That word wrath there doesn't mean anger. It means your primal response, mm -hmm. your knee-jerk reaction. The first thing you want to do in a moment that requires patience, yes. in a moment that requires long-suffering, in a moment that re requires quiet. I remember in 2020, we taught Selah, yeah. which was, hey, yo, pause, give God a moment. Yeah. Just give God a moment. I'm thinking about this right now. Think about the eternity power, the eternal power of God, right? So we live, we live in time-space continuum, right? So to me, it's two or three seconds when I pause. Oh, this is beautiful. I, I'm remembering yeah, everything now. Pause and give God a moment. But so in 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 my in my in 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 that in that happening, I stop. I exhale. I'm not going to be reactive. And in that, what am I doing? I'm negotiating. My soul and my spirit are negotiating. And I'm saying, soul, stop. Let's give God a moment. Psalm 103 says it this way. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not his benefits. Yeah. That was four seconds. Right? Yeah. I'm commanding my soul. I'm commanding my emotions. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. commanding my intellect and my logic. And I'm commanding my decision making. My spirit governs my soul. I love what Brian Houston used to say. He used to say, My spirit, my, my choice. Responsibility. My, responsibility. Well, my responsibility. Yeah, my spirit, my responsibility, my spirit, my choice. Right? Yeah. Like, and God, that's isn't that the truth? My spirit, my responsibility. Right? So, but but think about it. This is incredible. This is how heaven partners with us, right? So to you and I, it's a three or four second pause. Right, but he can bring in place eter an eternal moment. He that that becomes eternity in two or three seconds. Mm -hmm. And when I create that tiny little gap, that tiny little margin, eternity which is tiny in. for me, but in the hands of God, something eternal can happen. Amen. Something of eternal circumstance can happen. That's the difference between I kept my character or I breached my integrity. Just pausing and stopping. I compromised or I didn't. Come on, bro. Right? Yeah. So James says it this way. Don't be fooled. The wrath of man does not bring about the righteousness of God. The wrath of man, my, my knee-jerk response, my, the thing I want to do, my fight or flight. Yeah. Right? Um, and so in that moment, what, what do you do? You just say, man, I'm just going to keep my peace. I'm going to keep my peace. I'm going to let the Lord fight my battle. I'm not going to do something about it. I'm going to wait for the due season. But I'm going to wait for the, for the due season. D-U-E. At the end of the day, this thing plays out. At the end of the day, the fruit never lies, ever. Yeah. And what's unfortunate for some of us, Philippe, is some of us don't stick around and be faithful enough to see the fruit. You know, and I was just I was talking to a young adult like maybe a month ago, and I don't know if this is gonna throw like a curb on the conversation, but I'm curious to, to what you have to to what you think. Um, I was just chatting with this person about everything that she knows is the right thing. Let's 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 say for this for this scenario we know the good call or we know what sure. we ought to be doing as good people. We know, right? And I think the difference between us doing something, uh, us knowing something and doing something is the question is, do you actually believe that what you know is right, mm. is right? So I was having a, a pretty significant conversation with this person about like some pretty, um, pretty formative values of, in, of, of the word, like, um, sex before marriage, all these kind of things. Right. Um, and, and when I was chatting with the person, the person said, I actually don't believe that yet. 
I know that's to be true. Wow. But if I'm being honest with you, I don't know why. I I don't know why I don't believe it yet. And and it was like a beautiful journey of saying like, this is a great place to start to have a conversation about you doing the right thing. Is like, well, do you actually believe it, or was it just passed on to you by your parents, or you heard it in church, or you know it's written in the Bible? But I think some there's a difference, at least for me. I believe that if I don't go to the gym, I won't <laughs> last as much as I want to last for my children. Yeah. So yeah. there is a, a, there, that belief in my, in, in my soul, in my spirit, whatever you want to call it, creates such a pattern and a habit in my life that is like non-negotiable. But it's not because I know the right thing. It's because I believe what I know. Does that make sense? Yeah. And I was just chatting with this person and I remember having a, like a breakthrough moment and it just made me curious like if this if this was something that well not curious it made me wonder if this would be a helpful thing to talk about because i believe most of us that grew up in church or most of us that have like a little bit of church context or even if you're just new to the gospel you know that th things are wrong <laughs> but you happen to keep making those choices um that are rather not good right and i think a good question would be the believing is, do you actually believe? So I remember with this person, we walked through, like literally, we were, okay, who do you believe? Um, like, how did we all come about? Existence, everything, moral truth, all those things. Where is it from? What's God? Okay, so you believe that it was God who created everything and he has a final say and he is the source of everything. And literally, because he made things in a certain way, then he knows how to use all those things. Yes, I do. Okay, cool. That's important that you know that. So then we went to the next step. Okay, so you do you believe that the Lord made like sex? <laughs> I don't know. Sex. <laughs> the Lord bro, made you sex. Have three sons, I know, bro. I know. <laughs> <laughs> you believe the Lord? <laughs> My mom would be so proud of me right now. <laughs> anyway, 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 bro, back to the back like, to the story. Like you've been like like you're gonna make me blush, right? Like I've been having sex for 20 years, dog. Yeah. Like <laughs> Andrew I'm blushed. Blushing. Andrew blushed. <laughs> Why am I blushing? Why am I blushing? I don't know. That, <laughs> I don't think I've ever awesome, I don't think I've ever said the word in a microphone, baby. <laughs> Let me change my color. Uh, anyway, so we went through the conversation of like, you believe the Lord made sex? Yes. Okay, because you said that you believe that the Lord made everything. So he made us, correct? Okay, so we went through this thing and we ended up in this place where she, I led her through what she knows. And then she went into a place where she's like, I believe this now. Yeah. I believe, I believe this. And I think, the, I, I'm wondering, do we, do, oh, I wonder what you have to say, but I think the gap between knowing and doing good is the decision to say, I believe it. And again, believing is not necessarily uh, a, if there's enough facts or if there's enough data, yeah. but it's a choice. <laughs> yeah, and I think, um, <coughs> excuse me. First of all, I think that's a brilliant question. I think it's a brilliant, brilliant thing to bring up. And I'd love to have a conversation with, with, with two or three young adults in the room and talk about that. Because I think that's a real, like when I was chatting, chatting with her, I was like, oh my gosh, this is like such a yeah. big tension point. It's but a, you know, but it, and it, and it comes off as this big philosophical question, but it's very simple. Mm -hmm. It's very, very simple. Um, so at the end of the day, I think, let me start out 30,000 foot and then we'll get into just what the response should be, yeah. right? So you zoom out. I think, <clears throat> I think what's predicated or what's, what's the proclivity we have whenever it's like, man, I want to believe, I want to believe. I think what we look for in terms of believing really is agreeing. 
I want to agree. Oof. I want to agree. I want to agree. And the principles and the precepts of God don't require our agreement. They acquire, they require our adherence. Obedience. Right? Yep. That's the word. Saying they don't, yes. They, they, don't, they don't require, they don't require me being convinced. They require me being compliant. Mm. That's what they require. Because believing is not enough. You've heard me say this before. The book of James says, you believe, okay, great, you do well. But demons and demons believe and tremble. Demons believe that Jesus is the son of God. Demons call him son of David. Demons call him Lord. They At the name of Jesus, every knee bows. Every tongue confesses that Jesus Christ is Lord of things above the earth, in the earth, beneath the earth. Right? So demons believe and tremble and i use this a little bit of a little bit facetiously but i but i mean it all the way where some demons have more of a response than some believers do mm -hmm. than some disciples do right at least demons show a reverence at least they bend the knee they have the fear at, of the lord <laughs> do you see what i'm saying yeah. at least they bend the knee at yeah. least they confess the lordship Right, they obey Jesus. They have to obey. Now they go and run amok when Jesus, when when there isn't the application of the authority and dominion of Christ. Right, yeah. but when when the when the authority and the dominion of Christ <clears throat> is applied in a situation, in a moment of oppression, in a moment of possession, demons believe, tremble, confess, and bend the knee. Bend the knee. There are quote unquote believers who are not disciples, and they are further from God than demons are. Yeah. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Right? The difference between a demon and a disciple is not the believing. It's the behaving. Right? So I think the principle there is spot on. You're right. And it comes back to our point with good people. Right? Good people don't just know. They, they do. do. You see but, what I'm but good people do because of what they believe of the source of right. where everything comes from. Right. They don't, that's they, what you believe. They right? do. But but then that's why you have to you have to use the scripture as a caveat. Yeah, you have yeah. to use the scripture as the as the main counsel. Like so, the scripture the scripture literally says he like so you, for verse twenty one for First Peter two twenty one for God called you to do good even if it means suffering just as Christ suffered for you. Which by the way I tackled suffering at Culture Night. So you have to watch a culture night message. Suffering doesn't mean that you have to go and go through bad things and bad things happen to you. It's the same thing that Paul says in Philippians 3.10 where everything that I used to know is worthless that I may know him, the power of yeah. his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering, yeah. right? I don't want to know more in my life. I don't want to know more in my life than I know the resurrection of Jesus and what he suffered yeah. for me. Christ crucified, right. Christ risen. One of the, one of the points, and you would, you'll love this. You'd, like, I think you're going to love this. One of the points that I did make, and I'll refresh our memory, is literally this. I don't, when, when, when I suffer with Jesus and I have a fellowship with his suffering, literally what that means, what Paul is saying is don't live your life in a way that everything he suffered was in vain. Mm. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Yes. Right? Okay, so then, then Paul, Peter says, so he is your example. So if I'm, if I'm going to comply, I don't comply on my own terms. No. I comply in the example of Christ. I, he's the example and you must, if you're going to walk out this good call in your life, yeah. and you're going to walk out this good purpose in your life, and you're going to be a good person. I'm not, talking, I'm not talking about a morally good person, right? Let's differentiate that. Let's differentiate moral person versus good person. Yeah. And if you're wondering, okay, how, well, like, what's the difference between good and moral? Go back and just listen to the beginning of this season, and we <laughs> establish what goodness is. So we're yeah. talking about the goodness of God 
embodied in you and exemplified in your life. Yeah. That's what we're talking about. We're not talking about moral goodness. We're talking about the essence of God and the character the of Christ, of the nature of Christ and the nature of God and your, our life conforming to yeah. that, that image and the image of his dear mm -hmm. son. Does that yeah. make sense? Right. Yeah. Man, it's a good conversation today. I love this. This is formative, right? So what is a good person? Like, so then how do I live out a good call to be a good person? Peter says it this way. He is your example, speaking of Christ, and you must follow in his steps. Yeah. If we're not following in his steps, we're do, we, you can do good things, but not be a good person. If I could shake my hair, my head harder, <laughs> I would. <laughs> right? So I think I think back to your end, the conversation you're having with this young woman, I think it's about, it's not about agreeing, right? So coming back to what I was saying, yeah. I think a lot of times like, oh man, I'm wrestling with it. No, you're trying to be convinced of it. Yeah. Right? And I'll tell you what, there are things that I don't agree with God, but I know he's wise. Yeah. I know he's eternal. So he sees further than me. He knows more than I do and he's good. Yeah. So I trust him and I obey. That makes me that makes me think like encourage somebody today. Like if you're if you're like in your walk with the Lord and there's this significant step that you need to take and you are not quite there yet, like you don't feel like compliant, you don't feel like being compliant, you don't feel like yeah. being obedient, it might be a good place to go back to your who you believe the Lord is. Yeah. Because if you go tackle that, then this won't because you just said, I believe in the good nature of God. I believe in my identity in him. And I believe of who he is. So if he's asking me to do this, I comply. I comply. So if you're a person and you're you're having a difficult time complying, obeying, obeying go back to making him Lord of your life. 100%. Go I've, back. I've, I've always said it this way about submission. Yeah. Right? If I'm really submitted. And this is how I know. Like when someone comes and says, hey, PC, will you be a mentor? Will you be my spiritual father? Which is funny. Like people are like, first of all, I'm, I'm already a father to my girls. I was saying like, I don't know that that's a thing. <laughs> Um, there's there's pastors. There's, a pastor. it, yeah. there's only one degree in the in the New Testament. There's only one. Paul says Timothy is my my, my son in the faith. Um, so, but you know, I, but to me, it's like, hey, will you be will you be a sage for me? Yeah, yeah, will yeah, you yeah. be a will you be a mentor? Will you mentor, be a guide yeah, for me? Yeah, one, absolutely, one hundred one hundred percent. But this is how I know when it's real, right? Like when it's real. When I there there are there are times where I will be. You know me, Andrew. You know me. You guys around me. There are times where I disagree just for the sake of disagreeing to see what happens. There are times, now I'm not petty, right? Like when, when, when there are real decisions to be made, yeah, when, yeah, yeah. Real, when it's real seriousness, like I'm locked and loaded, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But like, but like some things like, some like, some like little things like, hey, I mean, I'm going on my first date. Like, do you, like, what do you think? I said, no, I don't, I don't, and I don't, I don't think she's good for you, bro. Yeah, you always do this. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, <laughs> you know, it's like, you know what? Like, oh, what am I wearing today? Oh, my petty boots are available. <laughs> but like, look, look, I'm going to defend myself, right? Which I get it. I get it. I get it. But to me, to me, it's like, I, I want to see the condition of your heart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It exposes, you know the, it exposes your disposition, your natural disposition. Absolutely. What's actually going underneath. Abs absolutely. Hey, Pastor Cruz, I think I want to do it this way and I want to go. But I'm going to say, you know what? I don't think you're in a place where you should do that. I, I, I just, I'm just going to be honest with you. I don't think you should. Yeah. I just, I don't, I don't think you should. And for me, that's always a litmus test. It's a litmus test to see where your heart is in this relationship, right? So if you're really submitted to me, to my wisdom, to my leadership. You right? say, oh yeah, oh, really? What do you think? Tell me more. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Like I was always taught this when I, in, in my places of submission, um, in, in the places like my, my mentoring relationships, I was taught this principle that real submission begins when agreement ends. Yeah. It's like, if, if you say that you're submitted to somebody, but there's a battle of wills, that's, then, not, submission. that's not submission. That I'm fighting you and I'm, oh man, this is good. Um, 
I, there, there was a pastor in my life years ago that used to say it this way, that a man persuaded against his will is of the same opinion still. You know what I'm saying? Like, and so my job that is rhymes not, too. my job is not to try to persuade you against your will, mm. right? Like, so like random fact, okay? I love watching like Western movies and Western shows. Like, dude, I love watching that. I'm watching this, this one series right now on Netflix called Godless. It's amazing. So like Yellowstone, mm -hmm. I love Yellowstone, yeah. 1812, love it. I love that stuff. Probably because my dad was 60 when I was a teenager and he would watch Westerns and that's the thing for me, right? <clears throat> so last night I was watching an episode of the series that I'm in and there was a guy breaking horses. Right? Like that was his, that was his job. And he was essentially taming them, domesticating yeah. them. They were wild horses. Um, and he was domesticating them. And there's this, there's this frame in this scene where this horse, he, he's trying to put the bit in his mouth and he's trying to like lead him. And the horse is just fighting him, just fighting him. Right. And it, and, and they ask him, Hey, is that horse ready? He said, absolutely not. I've got the bit in his mouth, but he's not ready to be mounted. Ooh. Do you see what I'm saying? And so like for me, my goal with, with young stallions, right? My goal yeah. with young thoroughbreds is this. If you're under my leadership, I want to make sure that we can trust you to mount you. Yeah. I want to make sure that we can trust you and your strength will get us places without hurting us. Yeah, come on. Right? That your strength, I mean, that's literally the word meek, right? Which is yeah. strength under control. Yeah. That you have this meekness about you that you know how to govern your strengths. You know how to fetter your strengths and you don't become this, this unrestrained wild yeah. beast because you don't agree and you don't like being under submission. Yeah. You know, and so like I will, I will, I will check. I'll, I'll just little things, right? Well, I'll check. I'll just check the heart a little bit, and I'll see where the submission really is. You know, um, and so I think, I think coming back to that, where it's like, man, I've got to be submitted to the Lord. I don't have to agree with Him. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, bro, you know me. You know, you know my spirit. You know, I'm, 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 I'm always forward, and I'm always ambitious, and I'm always right. And right now, my the, what's, what the Lord has asked me and my family is to be planted. Yeah. To be firmly planted. Amen. To walk in this assignment. And eight, eight times out of 10, I'm happy with it. But there's a 20% where I get restless. 100%. Can I'm we just, just say honest? that out loud? Like <laughs> For anyone, sure. in, anyone in ministry, anyone that you consider a pastor, like we, we all have the same, not, I would say we all have the same battle against our own will. Yeah, absolutely. To keep our will in check and place it where it belongs. And absolutely. Siéntate. 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 You know? I was just sharing this yesterday with, in a counseling session, Felipe, um, which this comes from, this revelation comes from the blueprint of a God dream. Mm. Okay. And it's Genesis 21, right? And so the Lord tells Abraham, I want you to take the promise up and I want you to put it on the altar and I want you to sacrifice it to me, right? And the scripture literally says, and the Lord tested Abraham's faith, right? And everyone be like, see, that's where the Lord tested. He puts you through tests and he's gonna ask you to kill things. And he's asking, you know, and it's like, no, no. First of all, if you're planted at Abundant Church, you know God doesn't test with evil. He doesn't test with tragedy. Mm -hmm. And when you're tested or tried, let not man say I'm tested or tried by God or by Satan, but when I'm tempted, I'm drawn away by my own lust. Yeah. That's right, okay. But I, but I shared and I said, look, the, when the Lord was asking for, are you willing to surrender this promise? The real testing that is happening when you study that in the, in the original language is this. It's, I want to make sure our hearts are aligned again. I want to make sure that you, you haven't received the promise and lost your covenant with the promise keeper. Because how, how, how many, like how, how often do we see this in the lives of young adults? I get my degree. I get, I, I get my wife, mm -hmm. I get the money, I, I hit the milestones, and what happens? I disappear. 
I stopped living in this covenant with God. You've exchanged your promise or what you call your promise for your covenant. And I, I mean, it's a, I think some, some of us mistake the good call for a destination or something that we're really hoping for. And I think we, ex <laughs> we always exchange the good call for a, I don't know, a significant thing at a certain time and place, whether that's like a big happening in your life or whether that's the job that you were hoping for. And I think what the Lord was doing with Abraham was making sure that his son wasn't his God. Yeah. Like, yeah. okay, Abraham, <clears throat> you've been waiting for this son for so many years. I promised him to you and I gave him to you. And now I'm asking for him back. Abraham had to make a choice. Yeah. And I'm sure, and, and, and the, the beautiful thing about, about what he said is like, we will go and worship the Lord. That's it. He knew the nature of his father. That's it. He knew his father would not do evil to him. That, that's it. And he knew that he provide that's the sacrifice. It. That's it. And he ultimately went back to say, he is my God. He's been with me Absolutely. forever. He allowed me to have a son. Why would he do this? Why would he do it? That's, not, that's not in the nature of God, right? And so I think, man, this is a great conversation. This is incredible. I think we have to be assured of that. Look, I'm not always convinced. I'm not like you guys. I wish I could tell you that every time I feel the leading or the nudging of the Lord, especially if it's a moment of submission, <laughs> I, I, I will be honest enough to say that there are times where I don't agree. I don't like it, but I trust it, mm -hmm. right? And I love that you said what Abraham said as they were going up, right? He, Abraham tells the servants, the boy and I will go up and worship. worship and we will come down. He knew the character of his God. He knew the care and he knew the character of his covenant mm -hmm. that he had with God. So he said, I'm going to go up there and I'm going to lay this thing down on the altar. Not this thing. I'm going to lay this, my son, <laughs> <laughs> you know, but for, for many of us, many of us, it could be a thing. It could be a thing. It could, it could be this, this preferred outcome that we have. It could be this idol we've created of what success is. Or what purpose is right. or what your call, your right. calling is. Right. And the, you know, there are times where the Lord will say, are you willing to surrender that so that you and I are aligned well? Yeah. You know, so that you're reminded of where all good things come in the first place, right? Or where, yeah, the, the source where all good, good things come from in the first place. Um, and so, you know, when I was talking to this couple last night, I said, man, you, I think, I think that both of you have this ideal outcome that has turned into a graven image, mm. you know? Which is, and, that's and, what we love doing as human beings. No, for real, right? And like, if you don't know what graven images is, it's this fabrication that hu can be made by human hands that we say that's God. Yeah, right. You made oh, it with your dude, own hands. We got we got the four thousand square foot house on the west side, and we're now making multiple six figures. That's God. This right? is who provides for us. This right. is what saves. Right, and, is. and now the, the the income provides, and now the house is a security in the sanctuary. Mm -hmm. right? Not the God who did, right? And yeah. so in that story, I think in, in Genesis 21, is it simply is the Lord is ridding Abraham of the potential of, of having Isaac become an idol, mm -hmm. right? Remember what Isaac means. Isaac means my laughter and my joy. Come on. Right? So even in the name, there's like, okay, we can all say, oh my God, he's just praising God. No, he's not. He's saying that, th that person right there, that's my joy. That's my happiness. And it cannot. It and cannot. it cannot be my joy and my happiness. The Lord must be. 100%, right? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and so there's this beautiful snapshot. We have to finish the whole thought. And yeah, then I'll, I'll get to the, to, to the last point. Andrew, we're what, about 45 minutes right now? Okay, cool. This is a good, this is a good talk, Felipe. Great stuff, man. Um, 
so he takes the boy up, right? Remember, it's Mount Moriah, right? He takes the boy up, and Mount Moriah is one of the lower elevations and the lower peaks in a, in a range of mountains, <clears throat> which you go from Moriah, which is like, um, if I'm not mistaken, Canaan in that area, and you end up and you, walk, you, you go up the range and you end up in Jerusalem, right? That's, that's at one of the highest points. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> you already know where I'm going with this, yeah. right? And so there's this beautiful snapshot of messianic prof prophecy, right? So they get to the top of Mount Moriah, they build an altar and Abraham lays his son down. He says, I'm willing to sacrifice my son. And he takes out his knife, is about to impale his son. The hand of the Lord through an angel speaks and says, don't harm the boy. And he says, look, I've provided a ram in the bush. I've provided a lamb for sacrifice, right? And so he's already caught up. He's already been provided. There's so many things you can talk about, right? Like when you, when you honor Jesus, you know what I am? I do want to talk about this. I'm, I'm going to get emotional, man, because I've seen it over and over in my life. Yeah. Like, dude, we're living in it. We're living in it right now with prime culture. Like, I can't explain almost a thousand young adults coming once a month. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. and I, I wish I could tell you, man, it's our hard work. Do we, I mean, do we put in work? Absolutely. Andrew, Sarah, Diana, me, you, our whole team. My God, praise God for our team. But it's not that hard. <laughs> do you know what I mean? It's like, um, and the snapshot we have is the thing that God provides for us when we're aligned with him. Mm -hmm. He binds it up and he holds it by the thing that would would fight you and resist you. The scripture says not that the, the ram was caught up by his feet. He was caught up by his horns. Mm. And a ram uses his horns to fight back. And there are things in our lives, I believe, there are things in our lives that are fighting back and they're allowed to fight back because we're misaligned. Mm. We're, we're misaligned and we're not in a place of surrender. And so Abraham surrenders his son looks and doesn't even, doesn't even have to fight for the sacrifice. It's already provided. Now the beautiful messianic snapshot in there, and the word messianic simply means it's a view of the Messiah. It's a picture of Jesus. Right? It's a picture of Jesus. Is as you look from Moriah, I think, I believe it's to the north. As you look from Moriah to the north, you'll see a higher peak. And that peak is called Golgotha, right? And Golgotha is the place of the skull. And when you read the New Testament, specifically during the Passion Week of Jesus, he goes from Gethsemane to Golgotha. And to Gethsemane is the place where he makes the decision to be obedient. What's he doing at Gethsemane? He's laying down. Laying down his will. Right, he's, he's our Abraham in that moment. And he's Isaac at the same time. Not my will. Right, and so yeah. he's laying down his will. And, and when they arrest him, they take him. And when, when he's carrying his cross up the, you know, like the, the old school term is the Via Dolorosa, right? Like just this, this the way of the cross, He's making him his way up to a peak called Golgotha, which is the place of suffering and the place of crucifixion. Yeah. And you would have been able, in Abraham's day, you would have been able to see Golgotha yeah. from the altar that he was building on, on Mount Moriah. So what's the snapshot there? The snapshot is, you don't have to kill your promise. You just have to trust me with your promise. Come on. Because I already gave you a promise in Jesus. You know? Um, and I'll just, I just want to tell you guys this, man, that like, the testimony of mine and Diana's life for the last 10 years, maybe maybe more, 15, 16 years, has been that there's no safer place than being in the will of God. There's no safer place than being aligned with Him. There's no safer place than being submitted to Him.
You know, there's been times of uncertainty and there's been times of, of frustration, but my God, over and over, he's been faithful. Over and over, he's provided and over and over, he's made a way in a way that we never, we, we never thought that there could be a way. Yeah. Does that make sense? You know? Um, and so I just encourage us today as, as you're thinking about submission, as you're thinking about obedience, that's the big word, right? Obedience. Abraham obeyed God and he was called the friend of God, right? Um, and, and so his righteousness, his, his goodness that came from God was seen in his obedience to God and he withheld nothing, right? And, you know, I, I think I want us to land the plane, Felipe, around this thought that, that the Lord is so trustworthy. Amen. Right? Like he's such a good God. Um, where I didn't get to get at CultureNet was the big idea of, um, yeah, good, good people do, right? Like, and in, in, in different content, we'll talk about when we, when, in, in season one of next year, we'll talk about having the right partners in life and having the right friends. And yeah. so we'll do it. We'll do like a part two of good people to this. Um, but Peter, Peter ends his thought with this statement. I think it's beautiful. He said, once you all were like sheep who wandered away, but now you have turned to your shepherd, the good shepherd and the guardian of your souls. And he ends that right there. We used to be sheep who wandered away and just lived our lives shepherdless, lived our lives directionless. But now we have turned to the good shepherd. How does a good shepherd get a sheep to turn? He calls her, right? He calls her, come here. Hey, we're, you know, like, I can't whistle. Can you whistle? Yeah. <laughs> I can't whistle. Shout out right? to my dad. <laughs> right? But look, but, but look, look at how God draws us and how the Lord calls us through Jesus, <clears throat> right? So Peter would know that, Peter would know that Jesus called himself the good shepherd. Mm -hmm. Peter would know that, which is why he uses the shepherd reference, right? So I'm just, a couple more thoughts that I want us to share as we end our time together, good. right? So the thought is, good people know the voice of the good shepherd. They listen and follow, right? So look what Jesus says in John 10, 11. We love John 10, 10, right? The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I've come that you have life, might have life and have, might have it more abundantly. Yeah. But I believe John 11, towards the end, tells you how to live in this abundant life, right? And I don't think we talk about John 11, 10, 11 enough. Look what he says. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life, his own life, for the sheep. I am the good shepherd, and I know without any doubt those who are my own and my own know me. Yeah and have a deep personal relationship with me. Even as the Father knows me and I know the Father, and I lay down my very own life, sacrificing it for the benefit of the sheep. But here's our job. Jesus just said what he's gonna do, but this is what good people do. Verse 27, John 10, 27. The sheep that are my own, hear my voice, listen to me, I know them, and they follow me. They, he doesn't say, and they know me. He says, I know them, and they follow, and they follow me. Yeah. Knowing is not enough for good people. Knowing is not, I can be a, the best sheep, but if I don't follow the shepherd, I end up by myself and get ravaged by wolves. 
or get stolen by another shepherd now belong to a community and a flock that I was never supposed to be in in the first place. Yeah. What were you going to say? No, I was just going to say that this is like full circle for me because we wrote speak from that scripture. Mm. Did you really? Uh -huh. This is where it all I comes had from. no idea. So Lucia came saying like, let's write a song about how we recognize his voice every time he speaks. And of course we use Pastor Charles's prayer every time, but that's where the bridge came out of. Like call my name. You know you have my yes, right? It means there's already like a, like as long, if I hear your voice, there's a yes attached to it. Mm. You know, like mm. the moment you, if I hear your voice, it's like a no brainer. I'm going. I'm saying yes. Uh, so it's like full circle for me to hear this whole thing coming I had, out. Bro, I had no idea. Yeah. That's beautiful. Yeah. Because I think it's a beautiful thing to, I think the promise of Psalm, Psalm 23 is, is describes the character of a good shepherd yeah. towards us. Yeah. And um, I just love the fact that he says, like, if you hear my voice, like those who know me, they recognize my voice. Um, and I think, you know, like a, as a young adult, when the Lord is asking you to do something or when the source is something else. Yeah. And I, it, the, what the Lord's saying there is like, you'll know when it's me. When you know it's me, fo you'll follow me. Yeah. Yeah. So I pray that's always, um, that's always our story. Amen. Amen. That we just follow. <clears throat> that you would just follow. In a second, I want you to just, and you're going to end our season. Oh, I am? And I want you to pray for us. Right? For real. Um, but you guys, as you're listening to this, as you're watching this, however you're consuming this, I just, I, I, as your pastor, as one of your pastors, my heart is this, that you would not fight the Lord when he calls you. And not, not fighting him from a place of, um, from a place of rebellion. Because nine times, nine, nine, nine out of 10 aren't rebellious, you know? But from a place of feeling like you don't deserve. Mm, yeah. Like why, like, why are you talking to me? You know? Like, Jesus knows his sheep. And if he's talking to you, he knows you're his. Trust what he knows. Right? So my prayer for you is that you wouldn't fight him and that you wouldn't fear the call. Right? What does this mean? Like, like I'm afraid of it. It's new. It's... It's unknown, it's what's gonna cost me, right? But that you would trust that he is a good shepherd, mm -hmm. right? And that <clears throat> our response to him every time he calls us is, you know, you have my yes. Call my name and I will follow, right? You call me, I'll follow. I don't have to know the way, you are the way. Come on. You know, I don't have to know the answers, you're the truth. And I don't have to worry about my life, you're the life. You're the life that really satisfies me. I believe the Lord has Amen. called you to be good people, prime culture. I believe the Lord has called you to be good people. And uh, I can't, I am so excited. Like my heart is full of expectation and my faith is just energized that we will see Psalm 27, 13, that we will see the goodness yeah. of the Lord in the land that we're living in because good people decided to say yes. And good people decided to behave like it. And good people decided to do something. You're those good people. Let's live like it. Selah. Selah. Pray for us. Oh, let me pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you. We thank you that you're a good shepherd. We thank you that we are your sheep and you know us and we know you. And today we rest on the promise that 
We belong to you. Our lives do not belong to us. They belong to you. I pray for every young adult, every person listening to us today, and I thank you um, that you give us a good awareness and a good sense and possibly a revelation that we belong to you and help us help us right now to to withhold nothing from you to allow you more and more to be lord to be on the throne to to be in control i pray for um, anyone listening that might have thoughts of just um, chaos and thoughts of just everything seems out of control Remind us today, Lord, that to keep things in control is not our job, but our job is to follow you. So let our disposition continue to be yes, continue to be we follow, continue to be trust, because you are trustworthy. You've proven it to us. We wouldn't be even where we are without you. So help our souls be at rest. Help us, help us hold our peace today against whatever life may look like at the moment. I pray for a great sense of purpose and a, a, a good revelation of the, of, the, of the call that you've given each and every one of us. Help us walk it out. Give us a, a good measure of grace to keep walking it out fully and faithfully. Thank you that we will be known for our good works and not to purchase or to exchange it for righteousness, but to do it in righteousness, in identity. So I thank you right now for this end of year. I thank you for this beautiful season. And I just pray that and I believe for the best days for all of us individually are yet to come. The, the best days for this movement, for this culture are yet to come. We love you. We're honored that you are our friend. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. That's a good word. That's a good word. That's a good word. Hey, y'all, we love you so much. <laughs> the the <laughs> chair's back went, at it we again. Just, we just went full, full circle. <laughs> <laughs> hey, no, but for real, we love y'all so much. On behalf of me, Diana, Felipe, and our team, Andrew Fung, and Sarah, and our dream team, and all of our servant leaders, we just want to say thank you for being a part of this. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, um, we're getting better at ending seasons and we're getting better at, at seeing thresholds and, and all of that. And so we're really refining, we're really growing up. And so all that to say that I just wanted to make sure we took a moment to say, we love you. We cherish you. We're so grateful for you. We're so excited about what God is doing in you and for you, through you and among us. Amen. And, um, can't wait to jump back into the pod in 2024 it's going to be a really fun season season i don't know what it is but see when the next season oh, it's gonna be season 10. season 10 wow our next season wow. um is gonna be phenomenal um, i'm excited to to get in the room and just scheme with the team man i've got some we've got some cool ideas but in the meantime in between time keep keep an eye on youtube we've got a, we've got a couple of fun episodes that are just gonna be kind of like bonus that are just gonna drop so keep an eye on that. Keep an eye out for everything that's going on with the culture. Just some just some dates to think about. January 5th, we have Vision HQ. So you don't have to be on team. HQ is for the team, but you don't have to be on the team. Um, so HQ is going to be happening at a Friday. It's a Friday night. It's going to be happening here at the Eastside Church. Um, and that's going to be the night where we just rally around the vision and the mission, really, the direction, the dream. Yeah. That's the language we said we were going to say. Visions right? and dreams, baby. Right. Visions and dreams. Our, the vision is the vision of Abundant Church. Yeah. But the dream for 2024, we we can't, like, the Lord's already settled it for us, and we can't wait to tell you where we're headed in 2024. So mark your calendar. That's January 5th. And then the week after that, 
Culture we're having our back. very first culture night of 2024. Yep. Uh, it's going to be amazing. So we can't wait to be back live and in the room with y'all. But in the meantime, in between time, keep going to circle. Yeah, get in the circle. Go to church. Holla at us at church. Tell us that you love us. Tell us that we're doing a good job on the podcast. Tell us, <laughs> I follow along on the podcast. I love meeting people. They're like, yeah. oh my God, it's like, I'm talking like I listen to you all the time. I was like, oh my God, what an honor. Like, this is dope. Make sure you come say hi. We love meeting you guys every single time. We love getting an opportunity to meet you guys. So wherever you're watching from, whether it's El Paso or Zimbabwe, come on, I'm speaking that in Jesus' name. <laughs> or <right>? Waco, Texas. <laughs> or Waco, Texas. <laughs> wherever that Shout is. Shout out Waco. Wherever that is. <laughs> we just love that we get to be a part of this prime culture with you. Yeah. We love you. Grateful for you. And uh, we'll catch you soon. Love you guys.